And what a wonderful testimony this morning. I didn't know about this story, but I remembered when I was strolling past with uh, my wife and we were talking about the, uh, the, the court outside. And, say, and it, we were looking at it from a related perspective. That how long did it take for the grasses to appear there? They were not there before. Isn't that like the state of the heart of man? When left without tend. The grasses grew there not all at once. I hope you realize that. But they all came at a time it was beginning to look like a bush. And perhaps even daunting a challenge. Who can overcome? Well, thanks be to God. First Samuel spoke to us about when Jonathan went to war. And they were getting set and they were camped and malingering around. They were not going into the war front. Saul and his 600 mighty men were standing and then camping and camping when they ought to go into the enemy's camp and take charge. Until the spirit of God moved Jonathan and he told his armor bearer, he said, let us go over to the enemy's camp. For it is nothing to God to save whether by little or by much. And wonderfully, nine, nine, nine wonderful brethren. Praise be to God. God on their knees. And that place is clean like never before. Shout hallelujah. That is the kind of grace that God wants to bring unto us. And I know the people seated here, you may look at yourself and think you are so feeble and frail. What can I do? What can I contribute? You may look at yourself as I have no knowledge. I have nothing. But little becomes a lot, the songwriter says, when it's in whose hands? In God's hands. Little becomes so great when you put it in God's hand. Will you give your little today? Will you allow God to have his way? We live in a time when as Christians, we are facing a battle like never before. Some of us would have loved to pray and say, let the battle go away. But can I start with affirming to you clearly that that battle will not go away. And I'm not sorry about it. Because it's the fulfillment of the scriptures. It says in the end times, what shall happen? Perilous times will come. People shall become what? Lovers of themselves. They will detest and hate God. You think you have seen something? <laughs> you have seen nothing. Nothing. It's going to get worse. But praise be to God. He said where wickedness and evil abound. What happens to the grace of God? The grace of God abounds even more. There is grace of God for you. He said he provides that grace to help when? In time of need. Do you have a need? Are we in a time of need? I dare say yes. We see wars and rumors of wars. We see people fighting themselves for nothing. We see our education system everywhere. And when I speak, I don't speak as an African. I speak as a child of God. The whole world is going through the same thing. Don't think otherwise. It's just that the way it shows is different. In our case, for example, where I come from, we see some real terrorists sometimes invading villages and killing people 
in their sleep. I don't think you've seen. Does that happen in Australia? I don't think so. And that may make you think that. (laughs) That is a different kind of a problem. I am sorry, it's the same. Because the war in the minds of our youths and our young ones that is going now, if only you know, you will be on your knees and weeping continually. And thanks to God for some of you who have been on your knees day and night, praying for the souls of your children. Young men, young couples, we are in for a big ride. I hope you buckle on your belt and pick up your sash and tie the sash of your sandals and pick up the sword of the spirit in your hand and take charge in your homes. I look around and I see wonderful faces, frail and weak. Many of whom are just looking up to heaven and just rejoicing, waiting for the time the Savior will call them home. And I look around and I see wonderful faces of young lives again, ready to take the button. But believe me, it's going to be a fierce war. If you don't know it, I remind you again today. We do not fight a battle that is slow. Quietly it has crept into everything. Our television sets, our books. I hope you realize that. That some of our books have things that our parents and grandparents sitting here will never believe would have ever been put in an academic book. Never would have said, no, it can't be. But we are in it today. What happened? Wild men slept. Wild men slept. The enemy came and sowed tears. And just as you saw with the field out there, That the whole grass didn't, if the whole grass was poured out at once, all of us would have gotten scared and ran and and quickly tried to get it off, isn't it? But because it was just adding one, quietly, one after the other, one after the other. It didn't even see, it's like your garden, isn't it? You tend your garden, you are taking care of it, and then one week it was so rainy and so, you know, a little cozy. You felt like sleeping in your bed and you lie down there. I say, let me just take a little bit longer for today. And then one week turns to two weeks, to three weeks, to four weeks, before you know what's happening. What happened to your garden? (laughs) You need to hire a professional to come and help you. Thank God we have the professional, Jesus Christ. Yeah, hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. So please, I'm going to be reading the scriptures, a lot of scriptures with you, and I'll try to move very fast. So if I move too fast, please remind me. I am wary of our time. Wherever the Lord allows us to stop, uh, we'll be able to hang in there and be able to pray. Romans chapter 13. I would love the media to help me so that I'll be reading together with you very fast. Romans uh, chapter 13 from verse 11 to 14. If I, if I had a wireless microphone, I, I want us to participate in this together. So let's read it together. Let's read it together. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to do what? Slow down. Can you help me tell your neighbor? Neighbor, wake up. Even if it's your husband or wife. Just, just nudge them a little bit. Wake up. The hour has come for you. For who to wake up? For who to wake up? For you to wake up. So as you say you, he's also telling you, 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 for all of us to wake up. 
Why? From our slumber. Because our salvation is where? Nearer than when we first believed. Let's move to the next verse. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Next verse quickly. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Next verse. Rather, clothe yourself with who? Can you help me say, brother, sister, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remind, remind that brother or sister seated next to you. The clothes we wear. Don't worry about this one you are seeing. Mine is brown, maybe this one is black, another one maybe gen- different colors. But the clothing that we all wear should be who? And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. And then the next verse. Rather, yes, the next verse. Is that all? Okay, thank you. So, do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. But you need to wake up. Wake up? Okay. Why is God talking about wake up? Let's go to Ephesians 5. Verse 8. Ephesians 5 verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Remember where we are coming from now? He said we should clothe ourselves with what? With light, isn't it? Where do we get this light? From Jesus Christ. Now live as children of light. Next. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Next verse. And find out what pleases the Lord. You remember the scripture says in Revelation 4 that this our God created all things. What does all mean? Does that include you, sir? Bridget? Does that include you? Am I part of it? Are the people at the back part of it? All. What of the children? What of the animals? What of that neighbor that is troubling you? What of that boss at work? Hmm? Are they part of the all? Follow me carefully. Let's move. Find out what we say created all things. Have nothing to do with the fruit. There is something about darkness and night that God needs us to wake up from. And pay attention. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Next verse. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Let's move quickly. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Yeah? This is why it is said. Can we read this together? One, two, three, go. This is why it is said. Wake up, sleeper. Rise up. And I say, wait a minute. Sleep and death? I thought we were saying wake up. Where, how does deadness become sleep? Or how does sleep become deadness? And I realized sometimes if only we understood that the slumber that we speak about 
is an indication of our deadness. Maybe we'll be more aggressive in trying to get ourselves up. You know, sometimes they will try to nudge you to say, wake up. And if the, the bed is so comfortable. Ah, Father, do we pray this kind of a prayer here? This, I don't want these people to think. You know, sometimes God has to place you in a difficult place where you can't sleep. Otherwise, you will not wake up. Who are the kind of people that, that struggle to wake up? It's because the bed is cozy, right? <laughs> so comfortable, the temperature is set at the right, right? No mosquitoes, you know, nothing like that. Nothing is troubling you. So you are okay to fall asleep and enjoy your sleep. But sometimes God allows some mosquitoes to bite you for your own sake so that you wake up and get up. And in a sense, not physical mosquitoes, but I pray that some of us, some of the things we are going through are actually nudgings from God. Trying to say, wake up. Wake up, O sleeper. And some of you, you don't think that you are sleeping. <laughs> because you are dead. <laughs> ah. A dead man has no senses. He doesn't know. You could kick a... a, 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 a don't, don't do that, of course. But you could kick a dead corpse. Would it react? You could snatch something from the hands of a dead man. Will he resist? If you are not dead, how come your children are being snatched out of your hands and you are quiet? How come? If you are not dead, how come they are teaching the kind of things they should not be teaching in your schools? And God has placed some of you there as ministers of the gospel and you are quiet. What has happened to you? How come in your place of work, your boss is in trouble and is crying for help? You carry God inside of you, the solution to the problem of the world, and you are shrunken quietly in your corner. You are dead. But praise be to God, who has come to make alive everything that is dead. has placed us in a place because he has saved you. The scripture says he saved you. He took you out of that darkness. And he gave you his light. What is the light of the gospel that you carry? That Jesus loves every single soul. He cares for everyone. Is that the gospel message that the world needs to hear? Yes, by all means. Who is going to tell it to them? Who is going to tell it to them? Will you be the one? Will you be the one? And this is why the scripture is coming to us this morning. He's saying, wake up. Because throughout history, when God positions himself to visit his people, in seasons and times, he visits them. And he doesn't necessarily come down like fire. He walks through the instrumentality of who? Men, men, man and woman, through you. God is counting on you in this generation. He's calling out to you. 
Why? Because many times we have become so settled in our place, like Samuel's story that we read. Eli was lying down there, completely finished. Sometimes when I look at the scriptures and I'm pondering upon my heart and I'm saying, what could be the reason? Perhaps he has toiled and toiled and toiled for years and he could not see anything happening. So that by the time God came visiting to bring the answer, he was oblivious of it. Did you remember he had two children? So if you read back the story in 1 Samuel chapter 3, from verse 1, and began to understand, he had two children. He has two of them that were serving in the house of God. But they were wicked servants. Even the scripture called them wicked sons of Eli. Who gathered themselves together in the place of ministry and they are doing the kind of things they were doing. And he brought a rebuke. He sent a prophet to talk to Eli. And say, Eli, check your children. Something is wrong with what is going on here. What did Eli do? I couldn't believe it. He was completely exhausted. The scripture says, when God was talking to Samuel, where we read, he says, as you go there, he says, I told him, I warned him about what his children were doing, but he did nothing. I pray today that some of you will do something. You can say amen. I pray that some of us today will do something. The question is, what will you do? The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 1, he said, For I'm not afraid of the, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? It is the power of God unto the salvation of men. Do you know what you carry as a Christian? Do you know the Jesus that is inside of you? Do you believe at all that he came to save men from their sins? Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the answer to the aching world? Do you believe it at all? He says it's the power of God unto the salvation of men. And here we are, the whole world is confused, looking for answers. They don't know what to do. And you carry Jesus. I pray that God will help you to ask for wisdom. How do I dispel this Jesus where I am? And I'm not asking you to go to theology school. And go and become a pastor, maybe like Pastor Lam and uh, Michael. No. Where you are. God placed you exactly where you are for his time. Let me run quickly so that I help you understand a couple of things. So I will not have to be touching this. So I will be speaking directly. If you can know the verses, follow through with me. Otherwise, you will just be hearing them take note. How many of us remember Esther? Where was she? Can you see how God arranged everything for her to be in the palace? Why? Why did you think she was ever sent to the palace? Was it to go and wear just the queenly regalia and just be beautiful, you know, and nice like Kerry, you know, just... (laughs) Was that all about it? Was that all about it? Was it just to own nice cars and have a nice home and have a beautiful garden and have maids and attending to her? But you know that she almost fell asleep. You remembered, right? When the scripture says that there was now trouble for the children of Israel. And then the Hebrews. And then God had positioned her there. 
to be a solution, but she was almost falling asleep. Oh, you didn't understand me. Do you have the message translation? Can you put Revelations where we read for me? Revelations 3 and verse 2. Oh, it's just NIV they have. Okay, who has the message that can read for me quickly? Otherwise, I have to. Okay, let me just read it by myself. Let me read it by myself so we save time. I see time is running. This is why I, I struggle when I have to, when I have to preach uh, in a place like... He said, up! Anybody that has the message translation, just put it so that you make sure I'm saying the right thing, right? He says, up on your feet. Take a deep breath. Maybe there is life in you yet. Hallelujah. But I wouldn't know it by looking at you. I wouldn't know. You, you have the semblance of a living thing, but you are dead. And this is what the scripture was talking to the church in Sardis. He says, there is something you still have that is about to go out of your hand. So he said, I may not know by looking at your activities. Yeah? Is that correct? Those of you that are following me in the message. He said, I wouldn't know by looking at your busy work. Very busy in the house of God. Very busy. Doing this, doing that, doing that. What is the state of your heart? I wouldn't know by looking at your busy. Nothing of God's work has been completed. Your condition is desperate. Think of the gift you once received. And here in our quickly say something. I have never been troubled by a sentence, a phrase, like I have been in Australia. I don't used to hear it before coming to Australia. But I hear it a lot. When I say it, maybe some of you would identify with it. Maybe you've heard it. And if I'm the only one, tell me so that I know how to correct my assumptions now. He said, I, I was raised a Christian. Do you used to hear that phrase? When you ask people, what do you believe? Do you, do you believe in God? What do, what's the answer usually? That's the answer I usually hear. I was raised a Christian. Then the question I ask is, what happened? What happened? There is the faith that our fathers had received and they passed on to us. What happened to it? How did we fall asleep? It's because while we slept quietly, the enemy crept in and brought different philosophies, ideas, theologies, and started shrouding away all the truth of the gospel we once held there. And we could no longer stand and be able to say no. I know in whom I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which he has promised upon that day. I wouldn't know if I look at how busy you are. How beautiful your church may look. How nicely you are dressed. I may not know. But as we are seated here, there are needs in our heart. How did we fall asleep? And when I keep reading through the scriptures, Ephesians, Romans, Revelations, it keeps saying, what is that? Wake up! Isaiah 16. Say, arise! Shine! Why is God sending out this cry again in this time? Then I realized it's because he was set to do something. And then one story, the Lord will help us to look through and see how that will work. And we'll go to our brother Jonah in the book of Jonah chapter 1. 
chapter 2, chapter 3. How many of us remember Jonah? The son of Abitai. He was a very wonderful brother, I hope you know. But today, the Lord will not allow us to discuss his life. But there is something God wants us to talk about. Because he was somebody that also fell asleep. Did you realize that? And I'm, there's nothing wrong with sleep for <laughs> to, 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 to you know, rest and wake up. But you can see that it's not that sleep that we have been talking about. Because this sleep is tantamount to deadness. It's a, it's a sleep you shouldn't be sleeping. Anytime you find somebody sleeping that sleep, even you, will talk, I say, ah, wake up. No, this sleep is not right. It's, it's something like the apnea, right? You know, you know when somebody is sleeping that is suffering from apnea, usually you force them awake. Why? Is it because you hate them? Is it because you, are just, you just want to bully them, you just want to beat them? No, it's because you love them. And that kind of sleep, if you don't wake them up from it, they may not wake up again. May the Lord wake us up. Jonah had a great ministry God has laid in his hands, just as he has placed in the hands of all of you seated here. No one should say, I have nothing to do. No one. Every one of us has something we can do. Even if it is sweeping the house of God, cleaning the lavatories, teaching the children, working amongst the youth, Becoming businessmen for God. Eh? Men that will make money so that they can support the work of God. Every one of us has a place in the kingdom of God. Some of us are called to preach. Some of us are called to serve in different ways. But many of us sometimes don't realize. So God gave Jonah a great ministry and he sent him to the people of where? Can we say it together? Nineveh. Who knows whether Vermont, uh, where uh, Nunawading, uh, where are all the suburbs? Call your suburbs for me. Where you live? Clayton. Where again? Dandenong. Where, where you? I know you have a beautiful farm somewhere. Yeah. Who, who knows whether that is your own Nineveh? And God sent him there. He said, go for my people are about to perish. I'm about to visit them. Oh, my God. You know, God is a God of love, but he's also a God of justice. The psalmist, in fact, many men that know God say it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of God. When God comes with his judgment, who, who can stand? No one. And you have what it takes to deliver these people from falling into the judgment of God. Just like Jonah was sent to Nineveh, he said, go there. Go and preach to the people because I, am, I have found their works incomplete. Just like he was telling the church in Sardis. They have a form as if everything is good. They are flamboyant. They are boisterous. They are rich. Everything is good. Beautiful medical systems. Beautiful commerce. Beautiful everything. But they are dead. And I'm coming with judgment upon them. But because God does not desire that the single soul should perish. But that all might come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did he do? He sent Jonah. He sent you. He sent you. And here was Jonah saying, no way. And you wouldn't know what stopped Jonah. But we're not going to be talking about it. Because later on in chapter 4, he was telling us what stopped him from going. But for today, he stood up. He, instead of going to uh, Nineveh, he ended up where? He ended up in Tashish. 
He went to Joppa first, and then he saw a ship that was going to Tashish, and he boarded on it and left. And that was how he was on that ship, like many of us, in a different direction. God has placed you in a place and gave you an assignment to be able to do. But many of us don't realize that even where we are working, even where we are doing businesses, even where we reside, God intentionally placed us there. How many of you believe that? The Bible says in Acts chapter 17 and chapter 16, if you read the whole truth, it says, God ordained for us to be located in certain places. He intentionally did it. You are the one that thought I applied to Barry White or applied to what are the names of the other housing agencies. And they refused to give me this house. They refused to give Then the letter gave you this house. You know, in your own thinking, it is you. That's the house you brought. But you know that it is in the plan of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is awesome. He went on to this Tashish and started traveling on this road and was going. And now I have to move very quickly. I see the time is going. Move very quickly. And then he was running away from God. Do you know what happened to him? The moment he entered the ship, what happened? He went yeah. down, inside, down, 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 to like many of us. Like many of us. God placed you in that school board. God placed you in that business partnership. Because people need God. Does your boss need God? They do. Even as a student, do your teachers need God? They do. Some of them stand and, and condemn God and condemn God and condemn God. And he's troubling you in your heart. Will you pray with me today? And say, give me a word for this professor. And some of you think, can it be? It can be. <laughs> Time will fail us to share many stories here. I know when I was writing one of my thesis for my master's, I went, by the way, I schooled in, a, in an European university, the best university of agriculture. So if, I, if those of you that know, you know, it's called Wageningen University in Netherlands. It's in the Dutch system. And when I was writing my master's thesis, in my acknowledgement, I acknowledged God. And I was summoned. They say, no, we, we can't allow this here. I say, then you are not ready. <laughs> then you are not ready. Praise God. You know, I, I, I time will fail me to tell you the story properly. And I am not saying it to brag to you. But I want you to realize that unless you open your mouth and do something, you will not see the power of God that we have been praying about. You have been praying and you have been sitting down, dead. You have been saying, Father, give us this land. Give us this land. Give us this land. What have you done about it? You are sitting down. You go to the market. You are buying things in the grocery store. You, saw, you see somebody that is struggling, that is sick. After you attend to them medically, will you ask them, can I pray with you? Is there anything wrong if you ask someone and they give you permission? The only thing that is wrong, and they are trying to fight you. They say you must not just pray for people anyhow. But if I ask you, ah, you are in trouble, you are in pain. Can I pray with you? Can we do that? Somebody comes and, and he's crying that he's confused, he's depressed, he's in trouble. You have, they say the Prince of Peace is who? Jesus Christ. You have the, the, the pray, this prayer my sin that he needs to swallow. Eh, the drug he needs to swallow so that he can be free. And you are shy, you are holding it away. God is saying, wake up. Let us wake up. Jonah had the message that was supposed to deliver the people of Nineveh. But where was he? 
he was running to Tashish, and he went and fell asleep. In fact, when the trouble came, please go back and read Jonah 1, Jonah 2, Jonah 3, so that you understand, because time will not allow me to go through the scriptures. But the man, the captain of the ship, got to a point. You know, these are all my elders. I can't go, I can't drag them. But I wanted to show you how he, he, had, he came and, you know, he said, what meanest thou? Did you, did you see it? He said, what meanest thou? How can you be asleep when we're about to perish? What meanest thou? Today the Holy Spirit is asking someone here, what meanest thou? What meanest thou? I prepared you. I blessed you. I gave you all the instruments you need. I placed you in a place where you can be of service to the people of Nineveh. What meanest thou that you are falling asleep? What meanest thou? Many of us have entered the kind of ship that goes to Tashish in different ways, different types of relationships and partnerships that are ungodly before God. And you know it. It's part of the reason why you are so weighed down. You don't have boldness again to preach the gospel. Because you look at yourself and you realize, oh, even I myself, I'm not doing well. Why don't you cry out to God and let God deliver you? God placed you. He gave you brain. He gave you intelligence. You remember the children of Hebrew? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you remember them in Daniel chapter 2? When the king was furious, Nebuchadnezzar, he even gave an order that all the wise men, they should be killed because they couldn't do what? They couldn't interpret his dreams. He said he had a troubling dream that no one could interpret it. So everybody, because they couldn't interpret it, killed all of them. Perhaps that's why God made you such an intelligent person. You are working in the university on campuses where you could step up and call the commander that was going to go and slay people and say, why was the king's command so harsh? And nobody could answer it. Say, why was it so harsh? He said, can you, can you give me time? Did you realize that it, the Bible didn't say it was, it was God that now told Daniel to go and meet you know, Daniel just went and told the commander, he said, can you give me time? Then what did he do? Like uh, Pastor Michael would have done. He would look for the elders. The session. He said, I have committed myself. They are looking for answers. And I say, we are going to bring the answers. Did, did you understand that was what happened? The king was going to kill the people because they couldn't give the answer. And Daniel was bold enough because he knew the God. I know the God that I serve. He went back and gathered his elders. I don't know how many of the elders their palms were shaking. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, oh, 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 what have you brought on us today? Who asked you? They left us alone. They were not looking for Now you want them to kill us along there. But the Bible said, these four of them, what did they do? When they gathered together and prayed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every day we talk about prayers. We talk about prayers. How are you praying? The scripture says when Daniel and these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they came together and they began to pray, the Bible says by night, oh, you know, I wish I had time to talk to you today. Holy Spirit, have your way. You know, some of the things that we are praying and saying we want to see, the reason why we have not seen it is because you have not acted. You have not moved out. The people that will see the power of God, where do they see it? Out there. Out there. 
And as they gathered and prayed, I was, I was asking God, I said, why didn't you answer them since in the afternoon? They were praying in the afternoon. They were praying till evening. And it is until in the night. God has his ways. For them that will hold steadfastly to him. He said his eyes are running to and fro. Seeking for who? Those whose hearts are steadfast on him. Several times Daniel did that. And you would have thought the king Nebuchadnezzar now understands the, the God of Daniel. Because he gave a decree. That looked as if he understood. But two chapters later. He was back again. He called Daniel and said, ah. I have a trouble. This one we have to read. Daniel chapter 4. Quickly, let's go there as I round up. Daniel chapter 4. Verse 24. Can you quickly project it? Oh, it's, it's off. Oh. Okay. Technical issue. Ah, excellent. I love technical issues, sir. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel chapter 4, verse 24. Pastor, please read for us. Four, yes. This is the interpretation. Listen to this. Please pay close attention. If someone is sleeping, what did you say? Wake him up. Yes. O king, it is a decree of the most high. Yeah. yeah. Which has come upon my lord the king. That you shall be driven from among the men. And your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox. Mm. And you shall be wet with the dew of heaven. Mm. And seven periods of time shall pass over you. Do you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men can you, and gives it to whom he will? Can you stop at that verse 26? Because we are going to read 27, then we'll pray. You would have thought that he understood. Remember in chapter 2, he said there is no God like the God of... Ah, so I was asking God, why is God repeatedly asking that they should tell it to him again? That he needed to know that there is no other God. That means the world that we live in, we have to keep reminding them... They will challenge this, your God. They will challenge him. They will continue to trouble you. They will continue to tell you what, what God are you telling me about. We have been saying he will come since he has not come. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What Jesus? What Jesus? Jesus, what you have been talking? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We have not seen Jesus. It's because you have not acted. The Bible says that Daniel told him, this is the judgment about to come on you. But you know the beautiful thing about the judgment of God? It always comes with mercy. Sir, can you please read verse 27? What did he say? Okay. Just go to 27 so that we save up on time. Therefore, O king, let my counsel... Therefore, O king, let this my counsel, please accept my counsel. Be acceptable to you. Break off your sins. Write off your sins. By practicing righteousness. By practicing righteousness. Your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed. Mm. That there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. Hallelujah. With every of one of God's judgment, there is always mercy. And when the king was told that this is a punishment coming upon you because of your hard-heartedness, you have become a very stubborn person. God is about to bring judgment on you. But there is mercy. Oh, king, I plead with you. Could you just consider and repent? This is the kind of assignment that Jonah was given so that he could go to the children of Nineveh and cry out. He said, go and cry out unto that city that I might not destroy it. 
but he was running away to Tashish until he wake, woke up. He was woken up from his sleep and thrown into the, in, into the sea. And the Bible says in chapter 3, when he repented, and so that you understand what we talk about, that the sleep we're talking about is actually you are dead. You are dead. He said, out of the belly of hell, I cried out. That was the prayer of Jonah. And God, when he finally repented, what did God tell the fish to do? He said, go now, deliver him to Nineveh. <laughs> free free uh, submarine. <laughs> some, some, submarine. <laughs> deliver him to Nineveh. And he delivered him at Nineveh. The Bible said that the city of Nineveh was a three-day journey. But the first day that Jonah decided to do the will of God, what happened? Pastor, sir, we need to read it. Let's go, let's go there. Jonah chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3. I don't want you to think that I'm just saying this. I'm trying to just run quickly because I wish we have two, three, four hours so we can look at the scriptures together. Dig, dig deep into the word of God. Some of you, you don't understand that these things are there for you. Are you, are you, are you did we, have we recovered? Okay, let's go. Verse 1, sir. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the yeah. second time, saying... When Jonah repented, as some of you will be repenting today, I pray, the word of the Lord will come to you again. You might have been weeping and crying. I, never, I, don't, I no longer hear God. God seems far away from me. God is a forgiving God. If you repent today and say, Father, why did you place me here? Why did you make me a multimillionaire? Why am I rich? Why am I in this business? Everything I touch, it just gets blessed. Some of you are skillful in music or in art. Some of you are very good sports people. God placed you there for the lives of his people. Should you choose to cry out to God today and say, Father, help me to know what I need to do where I am. God will bring forth his word again the second time. What did he say, sir? Arise, go to Nineveh. Yes. That great city. Yes. And call out against it. Call out again. Yes, go ahead, sir. The message that I tell you. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So Jonah arose yes. and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Yes. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. Exceedingly big city, great in all ramifications. Time will fail me to tell you how great they are, but just understand that they are as great as you think. Uh, where, where are we? Victoria or Melbourne or Australia or wherever it is you are. It's as great as you think it is. Yes, sir. What it three, is? Three days journey. It was a three days journey. Sir, what happened now? Jonah began to go into the city. Jonah began to go into the city. Going a day's journey. That's okay. That's all I wanted you to realize. I told you that it was a three-day journey, but the first day he, the day one, the moment he started to walk, what happened? Revival broke out. Revival broke out. You are the one that thinks that these people don't know, don't know, don't don't love Jesus. They don't they don't need Jesus. You are the one that thinks so. Give them Jesus and see what will happen. Give them Jesus. Don't, 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 don't mise it. Don't, 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 don't defend. Don't say, no, they, may, they will not receive it. They will not take it. No. Everybody needs Jesus. Whether you are black, you are brown, you are green, you are red, you are white, you are whatever it is that you are. All of us need Jesus. And the day that Jonah repented and went back there and started to do his work on day one, Revival broke out in the entire Nineveh. The Bible said the king tore his robe and he proclaimed a fast over all the land. 
everybody, everybody must fast, including animals. Everybody must fast. And God says, wow, see how they have repented. I will no longer bring the judgment I plan upon them. Perhaps you are the one that holds the answer as to why God should not judge Victoria. Perhaps you are the one that has the answer as to why God will not judge Australia. But until you go speak to that land, until you declare it, nothing will be able to happen. Would you like to join with me in prayer? Hebrews chapter 12, so that we can pray the prayer. Verse 2 and verse 3. That's the last passage. I wish I could read all the scriptures to you. Um, but let's just read this one finally so we pray. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, verse 1, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint. Where? Where? In your minds. Somebody is saying here, brother, you don't know how difficult it is to speak about Jesus in this place. And you have become so wearied and faint. The Lord is saying, I come to give you strength yet again. I come to revive you. I come to revive you. Just like Esther. Just like Daniel. Just like Jonah. When you are faithful to carry out the assignment God has given unto you, God will bring forth the revival. Are you ready for the outpouring of the Lord's Spirit, which he has promised? On all flesh, both the young and the old, the maid servant and the maid servants, all. Let's bow our hearts as we pray.